Greetings. This is Justin Allen with the Elite Nurse Practitioner. Welcome to the Elite Nurse Practitioner Show, a podcast dedicated to nurse practitioner entrepreneurism and achieving financial freedom, where I talk directly with nurse practitioners who need help. Listen up. Our market is saturated. Jobs can be scarce. We are underpaid. We are undervalued. We are taken advantage of by the sharks within the healthcare system. And frankly, screw that. Sick of it. And it's time for a change. And listen, I'm here to help make that happen. We are powerful. We can forge a path where we are in control of our career and ultimately our financial and personal well-being. You do not need to submit to healthcare administrators and your doctor overlords. You do not have to take the measly salary. You do not have to work 50 to 60 hours a week. There is a different way, and I'm here to show you that path. This podcast is raw and unfiltered. I have not talked to nurse practitioners in this podcast prior to the call outside of an email exchange to schedule the episode. What you're about to listen to is a consultation session between a nurse practitioner and myself. It is real, it is unscripted, it is unplanned, and I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Anything and everything can happen during our conversation. The nurse practitioners in these episodes are struggling with an issue in their professional or financial life, and they have reached out to me for help. My goal is to help a nurse practitioner with actionable advice that will enhance and improve their professional, business, and financial life. My other goal is to hopefully help my nurse practitioner sisters and brothers build a more productive, powerful, and free life. So I hope the content and information within these podcast episodes does just that. All right, on to the episode. Hello, everyone. Today, we'll be talking to Lisa, who is a family nurse practitioner. Currently, she is working full-time at a primary care clinic. She started her own practice about nine months ago, where she focuses on primary care predominantly, but also provides bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and weight loss. She's wanting to add more men's health and testosterone replacement therapy services and eventually transition over to a full-blown functional medicine practice and get away from primary care. She's needing assistance with transitioning from insurance to cash in her practice and how to take her practice to the next level. Hey, Lisa, how are you? Hi, I'm fine. How are you this morning? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for hopping on here. I know uh, we are talking on Memorial Day, so I guess the truly dedicated are to, are doing this on a holiday, right? <laughs> yes, we're always working. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool deal. So uh, so let's go ahead and just jump into this. So tell us a little bit about yourself. How are you been a nurse practitioner for and what kind of things you've been doing? So I've been a nurse practitioner for 10 years. I live in Arizona. We are a full practice authority state. I do work for a large corporation. But in September, I decided to open my own practice. My thought was when I opened my practice, I was going to be cash-based and um, do more functional medicine. But so many of my patients wanted to follow me. And I do not have um, in my contract with my employer, I had them take out all of that non-compete stuff. So I don't have any of that. So that's why I did it. That's very good. Good. So since my patients wanted to follow me, I got credentialed with insurance. It was a nightmare. Um, so I do take the small insurance payments that I get, and I do primary care. I work Monday through Friday at my full-time job, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday evenings for five hours at my clinic, and then on Saturdays at my clinic. We are now paying all of our bills. Um, without me adding any extra money, I can pay my one employee I have. Nice. And we have money left over at the end of the month. So Very financially, nice. the clinic is doing good, but I'd like it to do better. And I just want to get away from the insurance trap. Sure. How long did it take you to get uh, credentialed? Um, it took about eight months. Eight um, months. Jeez. Eight months. <laughs> yes. 
it just delays your business, right? Like you can't do anything oh, until you yeah. until you're done. Like you just del- you're kicking the can down the road six to six to twelve months. You know, if if you oh, want to accept yeah. insurance, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. It's ridiculous. All the hoops they make you jump through, and yeah, it's yeah. totally ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Well, congratulations. You are on well, autopilot. You. Yeah, yeah. You're on autopilot in your business, and you're making small profits. So that is uh, that's always a good thing, especially within the first year. So so I applaud you for that. So you want to transition over to cash. I don't blame you one bit. Um, you mentioned that you're offering some weight loss and some bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and stuff right now. So tell me a little bit about that. Are you charging insurance for that? Are you doing cash for that? What are you doing? So right now we are doing um, insurance for the visits because everybody wants to use their insurance. They do pay for their medications on cash because we do do the semi-glutatide. So that's the cash base there, but they do all their labs through insurance, which that's great. But the visits are also going through insurance. And some of these patients with weight loss, I'm spending 45 minutes to an hour with them, going over every lab that I check, and I'm getting $25 reimbursement from the insurance company. Yes. Wait a second. Yes. are Are you billing like a level four visit? I'm billing five, level fives at some of them. Yes, and you're and you're, and you're getting reimbursed twenty five dollars. Yes, one insurance company on a nine nine two zero five for a um, new established care patient pays thirty six dollars and forty five cents for nine nine two one five. They pay us twenty five dollars and sixty four cents. What do they pay for just a regular established three visit? Ten dollars. Probably. I haven't had any of those yet. My good. Are these are these <laughs> yeah. private insurance or is this Medicaid or Medicare? No, that one is a commercial plan with Nevada. So what are like blue what's like Blue Cross Blue Shield paying you? Blue Cross Blue Shield pays anywhere from fifty four dollars to seventy eight dollars, depending. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just not yeah. Yeah, that's supposed to be more of like, you know, the diamond insurance, like the good insurance that reimburses well. That's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, you got to get out of that trap. You just can't make a good living on those kind of numbers. You can't grow a business. You can't scale a business, you know, with, with, with those kinds of numbers. You just can't. No, you can't. And you can't spend the time, that much time with the patient, knowing that, you know, you're going to be with them as they're sitting there crying about something and you don't want to cut them off for $26. Right. You'd make more money bartending. Um, yes. Yeah, that's so it's so sad. Um okay. Well, anyways, uh yeah, I understand you want to get out of insurance. I don't believe you one bit. Yes. Yeah. Well, have you thought this through then? Have you thought about how you're going to do this? Well, I am leaving my full-time job. I will be um full-time in my practice as of November 1st. So, I can opt out of Medicare once I do that. I cannot opt out of Medicare right now just because of that job. So, I wasn't sure if I could open or form a new LLC under a different name, but still work out of my clinic. For the cash-based stuff? Yes. I want to do the male testosterone, but I don't really want to run that all through insurance. No. Okay. Well, first, let me step back a little bit here. So you're billing a patient, let's say a Blue Cross Blue Shield for the visit for the semaglutide, weight loss, whatever. You get 50 bucks, you know, which isn't necessarily that bad if the visit was only like 15. It's like just a quick fact or something, you know, just a quick follow-up visit. Yeah, that's fine. You know, that's decent. But then you're charging the patient cash for the medication because insurance probably won't pay for it. So you're going through a compounding pharmacy. Correct. Yep. Okay. Medication gets shipped to them. Like we talked about the courses, medication gets shipped to them. And then the 
compounding pharmacy bills you, and then you charge the patient, correct? Correct. Okay. How much are you marking that up? How much money are you making there? I'm making $100 per vial. Okay. And the vial is lasting 30 to 60 days? Yes. Depending on the dose? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's lasting them about six weeks. So that's not bad, right? No. So you have a couple options here. You can continue to accept insurance to get people in the door. Like you said, people want to use their insurance. They feel like they're entitled to it, you know? And, you know, fair enough. They're paying for it. You know, it's a benefit of their job. I get it. You know, I do. But from a practice owner standpoint, it's not sustainable, right? Correct. So you got two options here. You can either continue to accept insurance, make the visits shorter, right? And just charge more for the medication to make up the difference. All right. And you can do that. So the semaglutide, you know, you can charge. How much are you charging right now for a vial? I charge 200 for a vial. You charge 200. Okay. So it costs you a hundred bucks and you're charging them and you know, charging the 200 to make a hundred bucks. Okay. Right. You can increase that. Okay. Going rate for most weight loss clinics is about $350 a month. Oh, right? wow. Oh yeah. Maybe in more in some place, in some places. <laughs> I talked to some nurse practitioners that are charging thousand dollars a month. It's ridiculous. You know, doctors are charging that too. It's not just nurse practitioners. I mean, there's some places that charge a lot of money on a monthly basis for the weight loss program. You know, I think 350, 400 is reasonable. Okay. Now from a cash-based perspective, that would include the visits as well. But if the patient wants to use their insurance, they feel better using their insurance. Fine. So instead of 350, charge 250. Now you're making 150 bucks. Okay. Okay. And you're making up the difference by accepting the insurance and you're getting people to the door because when you say you accept insurance, you're automatically going to get more people, right? Right. My men's health clinic, when people call, I would say we have a probably a 25% close rate. So if someone calls, one out of four will actually convert into a paying patient. The other 75%, typically the reason why is because we don't accept insurance. Okay. So if you accept insurance, your close rate is going to be a lot higher. That's if you wanted to do that. If the area that you're in is saturated, if there's a lot of clinics in the area, it's a viable strategy to essentially just kind of redo your structure so you can make a little bit more money in terms of the cash goes, all right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of the weight loss clinics, hormone replacement therapy clinics and stuff are going to be cash only, right? Right. Yes. And they right. are. They're at the med spots here. Right. So how competitive of a market are you in? Probably. We have got so many med spots for our small rural area we're in. And they all do the semi-glutatide, but I do hear that they are very expensive and none of them are actually being medically managed. They don't have labs checked. They're not coming in for weigh-ins, none of that kind of stuff. They're just going in, paying their price and getting their semi-glutatide and coming back weekly for their lipotrim shots. Yeah. So it's just a weight loss pill mill, basically. Yes. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of those. <laughs> And it doesn't matter, they're nurse practitioner, PA, doctor, it doesn't matter, all right? It's just, right. It's, it's spread out amongst them all, you know? Yeah, and that's not a good way to practice. If something was to happen, you're just you're just opening yourself up. You can't, you can't fight that in a malpractice suit. It's just piss poor medicine. So yeah, so you don't want to do that. So do you feel like in your area that if you just charge less than 100% cash, do you feel like that would work? If I ch- just did 100% cash? Correct. No, I really don't. I feel that I do still need some primary care, but I also feel that there's people, I there's patients traveling an hour and 20 minutes to Lake Havasu for functional medicine, which is all cash-based down there. Right. So I know I could get those people in the door here because I've already talked to many of them. Okay. So then you want to just do a really true hybrid then. 
you're going to accept mm-hmm. insurance, but you're also going to have the cash base thing. Right. Okay. So you're going to have to juggle that a little bit, okay? So people, when they call and they ask if you accept insurance, you say yes, they're going to automatically want to use their insurance. They will not want to pay cash. So it's going to be very hard to juggle that. Once you say insurance, it's set in their mind. Okay. Then if you pedal back on that, you'll piss them off, all right? So keep that in mind. It's a double-edged sword, right? It's a very fine lie. You got to be careful. Right. Right. So you're going to have to juggle that and you're going to have to figure out how you want to do that. It's going to be one or the other, really. Like if you do weight loss, it's either insurance or it's cash. You do functional medicine, it's either insurance or it is cash or the mixture of both. You can't do just one and then backpedal. You know what I mean? Right. No, I completely understand. That's where my dilemma has been because I don't want to get in trouble, but yet I know that taking insurance is not going to be viable forever. No, it's not. Not unless they increase reimbursement, right? Right. Yeah. And um, like I said, we're in a rural area. Most of our patients, we have a lot of Medicaid. I guess we have a good mixture of everything. We do have some very wealthy people that live here. And we have one nurse practitioner that has just a concierge medicine practice who is doing really well. And so she's all cash based and she does primary care. 100% cash works. It does. It's just when you're juggling both, it becomes difficult. Right. I just need to know then how to transition from insurance to cash. Okay. So you want to just get away from insurance eventually. You don't don't want to fool with it. That's the ultimate goal. So then I say just jump into it. So you do this from a regulatory standpoint, doing it the right way so you don't get in trouble. Is that, yeah, you're going to form a separate entity, form a separate LLC, PLLC, corporation, whatever the hell that is that you use. I think in Arizona, aren't you required to have a PLLC? Yes, we have PLLC here. Yeah, okay, yeah. So you're required to have a PLLC. So you form just another PLLC, okay? And it's just a totally separate entity, separate EIN, separate bank account, separate everything, okay? Okay. In the eyes of the law, it's a separate entity. It's a separate person. It's a separate business, that business is not credentialed, right? Right. The current business is. So you start operating out of that entity or your cash-based stuff. And then you don't have to worry about it from a regulatory standpoint. Listen, the worst that's going to happen is that if insurance caught wind that you are charging cash for covered services in your credentialed entity, they're going to revoke your credentialing. If you're transitioning to cash anyways, screw them, whatever, who cares? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like, yeah. like, like at the end of the day, whatever, right? But if you want to do it the right way and not step on toes and that kind of a thing, yeah, just, just form another entity. It costs four, a few hundred bucks. not a big deal, right? Right. So that's what I would do if I was you. I would just form another entity and then just start marketing under that entity for your cash-based stuff. Okay. So when you say start marketing for your cash-based stuff, would you still then... The one I have now, my company, still market for primary care, but then weight loss, testosterone, bioidentical hormones, all goes under the other company, or just totally do away with the other one, let it phase out. Well, do you want more primary care patients except insurance? No. Okay. (laughs) Well, then I think think you know the answer. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Got that. Okay. Yes. I wouldn't even bother with it. I really wouldn't. Yeah, I would just start really, you know, really pushing for that cash-based stuff. Now, from a financial standpoint, from a financial security standpoint here, you are leaving your job in about five months, right? Correct. Okay. 
So you're going to then rely on your business to sustain your livelihood, correct? Yes. Okay. Where are you at financially right now? Do you have savings? Do you have an emergency fund? Are you living below your means? Like, just tell me a little bit about your finances. Well, I don't have a lot of money saved up. Okay. My business has just about replaced my income oh. for, from my job. I haven't been taking it because I've been, you know, still furnishing and stuff, but it has um, just about replaced my income. So actually starting this it, next month, it will replace it because I'm fully furnished and everything at my clinic. So I just wanted to save that money because I haven't given notice yet. I was going to give notice August 1st okay. because I have to give 90 days. So right. I can always even push that back to have at least six months worth of income in the bank. You know, from just a financial security standpoint, it's a good idea. Okay. In my opinion, I feel like anyone starting a business, like they're diving into it full time, you need to have at least a six-month emergency fund. Six okay, months so, of expenses in the bank. Okay, so I could yeah. wait till the end of the year. That's yeah. not a problem. Well, you know, you might not need to. Like, you might start doing a little bit more of this functional medicine cash-based stuff and then sell weight loss. You really start, like, hitting that hard, and you might not need to. I mean, that might start just generating a lot of money. You're like, damn, I got my six-month emergency fund. Like, there's- Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, like, <laughs> I know people out there doing weight loss semaglutide who are making- $50,000 a month cash. Wow. That's what Just some semi-glutide? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or terzepatide as well. You uh -huh. one. Yeah. 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 That's it's a cash cow. It's a cash yes. cow. Yeah. That's why we updated the weight loss course and added those things. I mean, they're cash cows. Yeah. And, you know, fentramines too. Fentramine and, you know, contrave and stuff. Those things work as well. They just don't work as well. Right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I still have people wanting fentramine because- they got on semi-glutatide and made them sick. So yeah. they yeah. go to the fentramine for 12 weeks. They get off of it for a yep. few months. Yep. So, well, yeah. Same same here. I got plenty of patients that I prescribe fentramine for. It still works. It's cheap. Yeah, it, it does. It's yeah. very cheap. So right. my next question for you. So with your male health clinics, you don't take insurance. Do you ever have patients ask you for a super bill so that they can then get reimbursed by their insurance? Yeah, all the time. We just provide them. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just provide them when we put the CPT codes, ICD codes in there. We give it to them and be like, good luck. We are not responsible for anything else. Like, okay. We're not submitting it for you. We're not doing pre-authorizations. We're not doing chart on right. We're not fooling with it. Here you go. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. the PAs for testosterone injections is a nightmare. It's ridiculous. It is. And you have to get two within two weeks. It's yeah. like, Why? I know. I know. It's yeah, ridiculous. It's, yeah. They're symptomatic and they're, you know, they're symptomatic and they have a low level. Come on. Right. Next. Yeah. So, uh, okay, so going back to the financial thing in terms of the strategy here is that it sounds like then if your clinic now, if it's replacing your salary at your full-time job, you're doing something right. Working my butt off. That's what I'm doing right. Right. Listen, one thing about a business is that you never want to break something that's working. So I want you to tread lightly, like you're doing something okay. that's working. Even though insurance isn't billing or isn't reimbursing you much, where's the money coming from? Is it coming from the cash that you're charging people for the, you know, for these meds and stuff? Yeah, no, it's not coming from that. It is coming because I do have a very large patient load. My tax person this year was just completely shocked when she did my taxes this year. 
because I'm a new business, she couldn't believe how, you know, how much income we've made. Well, you made a lot of income, but what's the profit looking like? Is that replacing your salary? Yeah, actually, it's just about there, yes. Okay, so, geez, like how many patients are you seeing primary care insurance base uh, when you work? I'm probably seeing 50 in the short amount of time I'm there part-time. 50 patients a week? Or more, yeah, or more. Wow, and what percentage of those are you doing these little niche things for? Oh, very, very small percentage. I might get maybe five semi-glutatide patients, if that, every two weeks. Because I haven't really marketed it a lot. Right, right, right. You haven't really made it public, right? Right. Yeah, I'm surprised you're making that kind of money with such little reimbursement. I want you just to tread lightly here, okay? You have a profitable business doing something you're not really enjoying that much and you're accepting insurance and stuff like that, but you have your base, right? It's paying the bills and it could potentially pay you. Right. Right. So well, this is what I would do if I was you. You just keep doing what you're doing with the primary care and the insurance. Okay. okay. Generating money. It's generating revenue. It will allow you to quit your job safely. Right. Okay. Don't throw yes. that away. Keep just doing it. Just say, we're not accepting any more insurance-based primary care patients. We're not. Sorry. You got your census. You just call it a day. Leave it at that. Slowly fade it out over a year or two. Okay. That way you have that. And while you have that and you're transitioning, you're fading it out over a couple of years, you have this cash arm of your business for the weight loss, for the functional medicine, for the men's health, et cetera. Right. And you're building that up while you're slowly tearing down the other one. Right. Okay. But right? have them, yes, leave them both, but yes. don't accept anymore. Just let that continue as is yeah. and don't increase it, but increase the other. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. So just form a separate entity, throw the services into it, and then just keep the insurance thing going. Okay. Then then start marketing that other one. Okay. So that's basically, you're creating another business. Essentially, you're creating a wellness practice, essentially, right? That's that's pretty much what you're doing. So so how do you want to market that? You want to market it as a functional medicine program, a functional medicine clinic where you do these other things, or do you want to advertise it more as a wellness practice? I would like to do it more as a wellness practice, yes. Okay. So then I agree with you if you're going to be doing all that stuff. So, you know, wellness clinic, you know, whatever wellness clinic the name of it is, you know, whatever wellness, whatever it is, then the subheading underneath that would be, you know, hormone replacement therapy for men and women, weight loss services and functional medicine or whatever. Okay. And then your website needs to be straight to the point. Okay. Yeah. The homepage, a little paragraph three sentences at most that just says what it is that you do, who you are, and then your services, just simple. And then you have to create a separate Google business listing. You have to do all that. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I was kind of on that track, but wasn't quite sure. But now it all makes sense and um, do it gradually over a couple of years. So that makes a lot of sense to me now. Yeah. I think that's the safest way to do it, you know, especially if you're going to leave your job. Yeah, the last thing you want is a bunch of anxiety over finances and paying bills and stuff, right? You don't need that. Right. I don't want that. <laughs> yeah, that's just a recipe for your business failing because then you start making stupid emotional decisions versus objective quantitative decisions as a business owner, right? Right. Right. So you never want those emotions making decisions for you. I mean, you have to try to be as objective as possible. So do you have any other questions in terms of how you're going to transition that? No, that makes a lot of sense. I appreciate that. Um, Like I said, I was kind of on the right track, but just wasn't quite sure how to do it. And it makes 
so much more sense to do it gradually over, you know, a couple of years instead of just leaving my job. And that's what my fear was, leaving my job and just going, okay, this is what I'm going to do now. Because I felt like, oh, that's starting all over again. And I don't want to go through that nightmare again. Yeah, you don't want to go through that, right? I mean, that's going to be stressful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not yeah. going to be fun. So do you have your service lines down then on what you want to do? Yes, I do. Okay. So how are you going to market this? Well, now, I guess I did have another question for you. I will tell you, social media has been absolutely wonderful for me, getting the word out about the primary care clinic. That is where we get the biggest, well, besides word of mouth, but um, the majority of our patients, I will ask them when we get a new patient in, you know, how'd you find out about it? So, oh, I saw your ad on Nextdoor or your ad popped up on Facebook. Wow. So, yeah, so social media has actually been really well. I've looked into a lot of the providers here like to buy the electronic billboards, but I looked into them and they're pretty expensive and I don't want to do that right now with having a full-time job. I don't want to do anything that's really going to make my employer upset. They know about my clinic because I'm right across the street from them. Well, <laughs> yeah, they know all about it. They ask me all the time, oh, how's your business going? And I just tell them, oh, it's going well. And they're like, well, good. So I don't want to have my face on a billboard right now. Our newspaper is a very, very small newspaper, but their advertising is very expensive right now. I just have not done any of that yet. I thought I would wait until it gets closer time for me to leave my job. I just don't want to do anything that's really going to tick them off. Does that yeah, make sense? Uh, yeah, I don't blame you. You know, I mean, why stir the hornet's nest when you don't got to, you know? Right. And I thought, you know, I could advertise, you know, male hormone clinic or just hormone clinic because that's not something I do at my full-time job or the semi-glutatide because we have to try to go through insurance there for weight loss and nobody is approving Sexenda or Wagobi right now. Yeah. We just cannot get them approved. They stopped any special program they had. So that I could advertise, but I just didn't really re think it would probably be worth the cost encourage yet. Well, I mean, if you really want to build up this cash-based practice, you know, this cash-based business, I mean, it's worth spending the money now marketing this stuff while you still have employment covering your living expenses and your right. expenses, right? Like now's the time to do it because okay. there's less risk, right? Like you're not like praying it's going to work. I need this to work. Like it's just a lot less risk for you. Okay. Well, the radio station keeps um, approaching me, so I will talk to them again. Well, listen, yeah, radio. Do radio. Ra radio's expensive. Okay. It's expensive. Okay. And to be honest with you, every time I've tried it, I've had very lackluster results. It was a waste of money. So what do you feel is the best marketing the, tools? Well, the best return on investment, social media and Google social search media. ads. Yeah. Okay. Like you spend $500 a month on Google search ads, like you're going to get patients, you know, okay. it's $500. Like you make that back right. with one or two patients, you know, yeah. in a month or two, like it's the best return on investment. You spend money on a radio ad, you're going to spend $1,500, $2,000 a month. You do one of those billboards, you're spending anywhere between $700 to $3,000 a month for one of those. Yeah. They're really expensive. They're expensive. <laughs> right. So the best yeah. return on investment is digital marketing. It just is. Okay. You obviously know how to do Facebook marketing. You've been doing it. Like do what you, you know, do what you know. Try to do the most cost effective thing that you can. All right. Okay. So do what you know. Okay. And then making it as easy as possible for people to find you. A lot of nurse practitioners and business owners in general, 
They make it difficult for people to find them. They're not doing the right things. Don't give your patient or your customer a job. Make it as easy as possible. And the first step for that time, that Google business listing, right? Making sure it's nice, having the pictures on it, having reviews on it. It's simple. It's free, right? Right. And then just lots of content on your website so people can, you know, when they, when they search for you, you come up, make sure you have a Facebook page, try to have a lot of engagement on it. Like those are just very simple ways to make it easy for people to find you. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that makes sense. So I, again, I was kind of on the right track, but I you were. needed some, I needed some expert advice. <laughs> you were, you just needed, you know, you just needed some validation. That's pretty much all it is. That's what a lot of these podcasts are. You know, people I talk with, like they're on the right track. They just need someone to say, yep, you're doing a good job. Just keep doing that basically. So I think you're gonna do just fine. I mean, you're already, you already have a pretty successful business already, you know? So, yeah, I'm very surprised by it. Um, I'm just wanting to get out of eventually the primary care and add other services we've thought about. I've talked with another girl here who has a yoga studio and she would like to join and, you know, offer that in more of a wellness center. So, yeah, I can see this moving ahead eventually. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think so, too. You obviously know how to operate a business fairly successfully. You're doing it now. So just, you know, start the other entity, add those services to it and just get going and see what happens. And then just slowly build that up and slowly tear the other one down and you'll do it safely. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Right. That's what I did for like my medical cannabis and stuff. I built it up and I started my other stuff and I, my medical cannabis slowly just kind of started fading away. Right. Mm-hmm. But I was safe because I was generating that extra income through my business. Same thing with like my urgent care job. I was full time, dropped down to part time and eventually quit because I didn't need that money anymore. Right. Right. So okay. do it that way and you minimize your risk. So, okay. Well, that yeah. makes sense. Cool. Any other questions? Nope. That's it. Thank you so much. You are welcome. I like to end the episodes with you asking me a question. Are there any questions that you would like to ask me in terms of just anything you've ever been curious about or, or anything like that? That you do? Yeah, like if you're just it's just a general curiosity of anything that I've, you know, that you've just ever like wanted to ask me, not necessarily about your business or anything. Yeah, I want to know why did you start this? What um, was the reason? I know you kind of highlight that in every one of your modules. You know, you didn't want to deal with insurance and stuff, but what was the actual deciding factor that really got you into being the elite nurse practitioner? Starting this, yeah, starting the elite MP. Uh, yes, I was kind of the black sheep so to speak, in NP school, like I was the one just like, God, can we get this over with already? Like, why are we just kicking this can down the road? Why are you teaching me all this fluff? Like, can we just get started? Like, graduate, I want to I want to start working, right? And so I started the blog, just kind of like voicing my opinion on just the nurse practitioner, current environment and stuff. And just a lot of people resonated with it. And so I was like, wow, this is interesting. And so people were like, you know, how did you start your own practice? That sort of a thing. And so and so I started talking to people about how to do it. And uh, it was mostly just like a little hobby at first, right? I just kind of wanted to voice my mm-hmm. on everything. Um, and uh, so I started talking about you know starting a business because I really like to help people start businesses. And one thing just kind of led to another, you know, three or four years later, you know, we're ANCC accredited, where all we offer dozens of courses, big plans, you know, we got a conference plan, all of this stuff. It's just one of those things that just happened. <laughs> Good. Well, we're... I don't know about everybody else, but I'm very thankful for you. I love taking your CME courses. I was taking them before you offered CMEs, but the CME is great now. Can't wait to hear about a conference. Yeah. So the conference is, uh, uh, well, by the time this is out, it'll already be announced and whatnot or hell. 
conference might have actually been done. I don't know because we're recording this, you know, Memorial Day 2023, and this will mm -hmm. be out for a few months. But it'll be uh, October 20th through the 22nd in Vegas. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's just a half, about an hour and a half for me. So, well, there you cool. go. It's been a short drive for you. Come on down. It would. <laughs> I'm going to have yeah. to look up information on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, cool. I, I, haven't, I haven't made the official announcement yet, okay? But okay. Uh, once I do, yeah, to check it out. It's going to be uh, It's going to be pretty fun. I think it's going to be really uh, a really good conference. You know, three days, you're going to get, you know, 12, 14 hours of CE, and we're just going to be able to network. We're going to have a good time. I'm going to try to make it fun. I don't want it to be one of those good. boring conferences. You know what I mean? So Yeah, I can't imagine you having a boring conference. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Like, I want to do a Hawaiian t-shirt day. Like, guys, don't dress up all business and stuff. <laughs> Wear some shorts and a Hawaiian t-shirt. And then I want to get a big picture of like 300 nurse practitioners all wearing Hawaiian t-shirts. Like, oh, that would be so awesome. It'd be fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would. So, yeah. So just keep an eye on that. But listen, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you talking to me on Memorial Day. And, uh, you know, shoot me an email later if you ever want to do a follow-up just to see kind of what's going on. Okay. Well, thank you very much. All right. You're welcome. Take care. Enjoy the rest of the day. All right. All right bye. Too. All right. I hope everyone enjoyed the conversation with Lisa. Pretty straightforward episode. She's doing very well. You know, she already has a practice that's essentially substituting. It's going to replace her income from her full-time job. Like, you know, she is ready to transition over. So it's that transition that you need to be careful about. All right. Really need to be careful about that transition. It doesn't matter if you're transitioning from your job or a business or whatever. Okay. So she has two transitions. She has a transition from her full-time job to a full-time business, but she also has a transition from the practice, the insurance-based primary care practice, okay? That income is basically allowing her practice to be on autopilot and it's going to replace her income. So she needs to slowly transition away from that, all right? Because she wants to build up that cash base arm of her practice or basically just a new practice, a new business, right? So this needs to be a slow transition. Never be brash in business. Never make a decision like that that could completely destroy a powerful income stream. If you have a six-figure income stream, don't do anything crazy. Don't do anything emotional, right? It should be a slow transition if you want to limit your risk. So keep that in mind. That's what I did for a few years. I slowly transitioned away from my job. I slowly transitioned away from doing medical cannabis, you know, on more of a full-time basis. I slowly transitioned away into some other businesses, okay? So always be risk-averse, okay, in terms of that. All right, we're gonna do this episode. Talk to you guys later. Thanks, bye. Thank you for listening to the show. Quick legal disclaimer, the content of this podcast is meant for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be used as legal, financial, medical, regulatory, or practice-specific advice. For information pertaining to your specific legal, financial, medical, or practice-specific needs, please be sure to consult with your lawyer, CPA, medical director, and or your state's practice laws and the most up-to-date clinical guidelines. As always, do your due diligence when it comes to any information found online and in podcasts. The content in this podcast is copyrighted by Galaxy Medical Southwest 2023 and cannot be duplicated, rebroadcasted, or reproduced with out our written permission.